Hey guys, I'm happy to tell you about this documentary that I'm thrilled is sponsoring this week's episode. Um, Enter the world of internet sex workers who find economic freedom, empowerment, and creative self-expression in working from home. Award-winning director Sean Dunn meets the women behind the webcams in his latest documentary, Cam Girls. See the groundbreaking film now, exclusively on Vimeo On Demand. Save 10% off when you enter the code SANDRA10, that's S-A-N-D-R-A-1-0, at vimeo.com slash on demand slash camgirls, that's camgirls with a Z, before March 15th, 2015. I checked out the trailer, it looks amazing, like really, I, it's beautiful, I definitely recommend you checking this thing out. So uh, anyway, um, thanks so much, and uh, let's get to it. Now entering Nerdist.com. Hey, sex nerd, it's Sandra Doherty, and I am here to say my intro. Um, always the most awkward part. Uh, this episode is uh, going to be a lot of fun. It was on stage live at Sketchfest, San Francisco. Oh, my goodness. I learned a lot, actually. I am curious to see what you think. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to do that. If you hear crinkling in the background, that's my dog trying to get into something he probably shouldn't. Um, a few things before we start. I will be in Australia. I, I ha- I'm working with a company called Lady Killer to figure out some events to happen, but I don't have them set yet. But Sydney, I'll be in you May 15th and 16th in New Zealand, Auckland, the 18th to the 21st and Wellington, 23rd and 24th all in May. So uh, mark your calendars if you are in New Zealand. Also, if you are in Sydney, Auckland, or Wellington, let me know on Facebook or Twitter or in an email, sexnerdsandra at gmail.com, because I don't have a sense of the interest level of, of such a faraway uh, international places. So if you actually want me to show up and do a podcast or teach a workshop, or if you have a, a group, a, a bisexual group, a women's support group, or whatever it is, I'm happy to do events. I just, I'm not as in touch with New Zealand as I would like to be. Huh. Okay. Um, really excited about that. Also, uh, this is kind of a side thing that I I feel like I'm always so impressed with the awesome people who listen to this podcast and two people that I met um, at a a small group that I spoke at for a a college anthropology group. um, They came by because they were in town. They're totally nomadic. I think they're in Portland now. Their name is Maya and Chris, and they run a ceramics. um, They basically take mud out of the ground and turn it into beautiful pottery. It's amazing. They're, and they're so passionate about it. And so they have a, um, a company called 10squaredceramics.com. I recommend it. I would like the butts dish myself, but I do wish that they had one that had the word penis on it. I really do. Um, but yeah, or the yup dish. And I like their cat bowl. What I Now I'm just shopping. I don't need to tell you these things, but I just am excited when I see stuff that... Uh, where I'm like, you're so cool, and you listen to my show? No way! Okay, um, last thing, this episode has a few audio issues. Mainly, my mic, for some reason, is much lower. I tried to work the audio out, but I am sorry that the levels aren't as ideal as I would like them to be for you, since you deserve the best. Okay, um, I like you. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Um, and uh, go team fun! Welcome to the Sex Nerd Sandra Podcast. Whoa, what are all these kids doing in here? Hey, if you're under 18, go ask your mom.
now that we're alone, let's start the show. Hello, San Francisco. Hi. It's wonderful to be inside you. This is an exceptional honor to be part of Sketchfest uh, completely because I talk about sex and that's usually really uncomfortable unless you have a punchline right after the part where you're like, and then they came, but then it's just like, no, and then we had, then we hugged, you know, and that's less funny sometimes for people. <gasps> oh. Okay, so I don't know how many of you actually listen to my show, Sex Nerd Sandra. Um, but it's, it's been a wild ride for almost a 200 episodes, almost 10 million downloads, and just an amazing array of human beings listen to this show, and I'm, I'm honored, absolutely honored. Um, but I, I have to admit that I'm a little embarrassed because almost 200 episodes, and I haven't covered multiple orgasms yet. Which is, I know, it's tragic. It's really sad. It's the saddest thing. Um, So tonight I have a series of guests that I'm really excited to bring out for you. And we're going to try and figure it out. And just so you know, this mic stand is here with a microphone in it for your asking pleasure. So if you have a question or even a comment, but make it nice. Um, Or a personal kind of like, ah, I contradict my body, it contradicts that information because of this. Like, that's always interesting. Like, ooh, juicy. Ooh, put it on Reddit. Um, Please. And so that will be the latter part of this podcast. All right. If we could please welcome to the stage Joshua Grinnell, also known as Peaches Christ. Joshua, please come up to the stage. Hello. Hello. Hi. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, you check, hear me. Check. I never, ever have a working microphone at the Academy of Sciences. <laughs> ever. It's drag-phobic. I'm sorry. That's all right. Do you do drag here? I do, yes, actually. <laughs> I do. I produce uh, with uh, Nightlife the Halloween party every year. Oh, nice. Yeah. Ooh. Do all the fish dress up in costumes? Yeah, we d- we've done um, zombie nightlife for like three years where we, everyone comes as a zombie. And the last couple of years, we've done monster nightlife. Cool. And we do a drag show outside, and we have uh, monster makeovers, drag queen makeup artists come in. Nice. So I'm very familiar with the Academy of Sciences. And their microphones. Can you hear me yeah. back there talking into this microphone? Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Joshua, would you like to have a seat in my sure. living room? Yes. Welcome. Oh, okay. So we just met, and I've heard a lot about you. Apparently, you are a famous drag performer that people love and dearly. Because when I looked you up, it was like all over the place. <laughs> well, I, I guess in the world of drag, I guess I would be maybe considered famous, but I'm, I'm not that famous. And the kind of celebrity that we have as drag performers is sort of a a superhero celebrity where um, nobody really knows me, although now you guys will. Um, you know, I can walk down the street and walk by someone wearing a Peaches Christ t-shirt and they don't know, you know, that they walked by me or whatever. So um, it's a weird kind of, it's a phony kind of celebrity. 
Interesting. Yeah. Um, I just went to a sexual health uh, expo where people like come and, and to come see. Well, people come to come. Wow. <laughs> and they come. And I was wearing the Sex and Sandra t-shirt, which is just the logo, right? And I was running down the street outside the hotel. And this girl's like, nice t-shirt. And later on, she was like, oh, that was you. You're... You're a sex nerd, Sandra. Oh, that's embarrassing. Right, because you're best known for podcasts, so a lot of people don't associate what you look like. They know your voice. I right. Guess. Yeah. Ooh, hello. Right, and also um, a, a wonderful artist designed my logo, which is a uh, power socket with glasses, except I don't wear glasses out, and so I ha- took pictures to match my logo with giant cartoonish cat-eye glasses, not realizing that, oh, those are just regular glasses. So now nobody knows what I look like because all my pictures glasses. I think it's good in a way, you know, because it's like you get, to, um, you get to listen to people talk about you and they don't know that you're right there. I've had people tell me that they're friends with me who I've never met. Interesting. You know? Yeah. Wow. I have a sex story about that, but, you know. <laughs> Was it, did somebody... I hooked up with this guy... On the internet. <laughs> and he came to my apartment. This was years ago before I was uh, happily partnered. Um, and he uh, and I had sex, really good sex. And he was leaving the apartment and he saw a Peaches poster on, on the refrigerator. And I don't usually have a lot of my stuff around, but that, it was new and I put it on the fridge. And um, he was like, oh, I love Peaches Christ. And I was sort of like, <laughs> yeah. You know, because you have to kind of make a decision in that moment, right? <laughs> And he's like, you know, getting closer and closer to the door, and he's at the door, and then he goes, and this is so weird, because I take, like, busloads of drag queens every year to Reno um, for this bus trip I do, and all of you are welcome to come. I mean, anybody can come, and, you know, um, as long as you've got the money, uh, get on the bus. Um, And he goes, yeah, my friend so-and-so went on the Tranny Shack Reno bus, and, um... And he was blown by Peaches Christ on the back of the bus. And I'm like, I'm like a producer of this event. I think of myself as the den mother. I mean, it is very debaucherous and crazy, but I, I don't even drink, you know? Like, I hold my shit together. So I say to him, no, your friend was not blown by Peaches Christ on the back of the bus. And he was like, yeah, he was. You know, she, she blew him. You know, like very convinced and I'm like no so you did it right so so he's at the door you know and he's stepping outside the door and he's getting kind of defensive like are you calling my friend a liar are you calling me a liar excuse me we're having a conversation up here (laughs) just kidding (laughs) did you hear that cell phone um and I'm getting I'm getting to the good part so uh so I'm standing there and he's like are you calling me a liar are you calling my friend a liar how do you know and I said, in my best Peaches voice, well, I know, because you were just blown by Peaches Christ, motherfucker. And just shut the door, looked at, you know, locked it, looked through the peephole, and he kind of looked like, oh my God, like the moment of realization. I got a long email after that. That, that was like a... Like a sex story inception. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like it related. Oh my goodness. So I have a question about the fact that, I mean, you're a man and then you're 
I don't know much about drag, mm-hmm. and I'm not a real geek about. I love watching drag, but I don't really know a lot about it. But I'm fascinated by the fact that you are straddling two worlds. Of, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not really a binary, but like you're transforming to a whole other part of the gender spectrum. And you're just, what's that like to, to play with the masculine and feminine that way? Well, for, I mean, I can only speak for myself because like anyone who's really familiar with the drag world, there's, there's all spectrums of genders. There's women who do, do drag. There's trans women who do drag and there's uh, gay men who do drag and you know and then there's all the different reasons that people do drag so I can only really speak for myself right okay. so speaking for myself I really um, you know I grew up like a, a very uh, stereotypical sissy as a kid I was put down for wanting to do girly things you know I never wanted to play sports and I hung out I had much I, I was much more inspired by women and girls and um, females um, growing up. Yeah. And so, you know, the, yeah. the, the pop singers I liked were, were, you know, my favorite category at the Academy Awards is Best Actress. You know, like, <laughs> I really, you know, and I love fashion and I love camp. And so I grew up in Maryland and my, my real entrance um, into the world of drag was through two things. One was discovering John Waters as a, as a child. So... You know, Divine really opened my eyes because they were making these movies, you know, right where I grew up. And um, seeing Hairspray um, was where it was like, that person playing the mother, you know, is a man. And I was just blown away by that. And I knew immediately as a kid, you know, in junior high, that there was something about Divine. Like, I knew that that person was speaking to me in a way. And then shortly after that, I saw the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And that too, I always say the Rocky Horror Picture Show was my It Gets Better video. Because, <laughs> because it was the first time I was like, there's a world for me. You know, some fucked up person exists and they made this, you know. And that's when I knew. So for me, my attraction to drag really came through cinema and, and also seeing a validation for the things that I was really told I wasn't supposed to do. I wasn't supposed to be like this. So now dressing in drag, actually, ironically, I think I'm much more like masculine is Joshua nowadays because I have peaches. Yeah. And I get to, I get to wear women's clothes. I get to be flamboyant. I get to put on makeup. I get to wear big wigs and do all that stuff. So it's not only just performing, which I love. I've always been a performer and a storyteller, but, um, but I think also it's an embracing of that kid who was, you know, yeah. kind of, I, I don't know, is this too psychologically personal? I don't know. Um, but yeah, for me, it has a little bit of a deeper meaning. Although I hate drag in some ways because it's uncomfortable. And the older you get being a drag queen, like I look at Dame Edna, who's like 80 years old. Barry yes. Humphreys is like 80 and doing a farewell tour. And I think, well, if she can do it, I can do it. So, What's more uncomfortable, the heels or the tucking? Um, you know, really depends on, on how well you tuck that night. Because if you do it, do it just a little bit wrong and, and you, you don't figure it out until it's too late, it can make for a miserable night. Or if you, um, once your feet, and, and I'm sure people can relate to this, your feet are fine, they're fine, they're fine, they're fine, and then all of a sudden they're fucking not, you know? And every step is torture, you know? So it kind of depends on the night. Um, I would like to invite our resident, our resident sex expert, uh, our 
sex expert for this evening, who's a woman that has started an like a whole amazing brand called the Body Feminina, and I'm just fascinated by her. Uh, Rebecca Alvarez, are you in? The, are you behind lights somewhere out there? Come on up, because I'm going to ask you some really personal questions. Oh, hello. man, you dress way better than I do. Hello, hello. <laughs> yeah. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hey, and you know, feel free to give her a hard time. She knows things. I know. I, I'm a little nervous. I, I feel like they're going to embarrass me, but that's okay. Oh, there's so much love in this room. Oh, yeah. Hey. And also, we're sassy. Um, I'm curious because you actually have an interesting story because... I know a lot of sex experts of, of different topics that uh, have been uh, building their brand over a, a long period. You have actually been behind the scenes working yes. to help people develop like sex toys and things. Like you got a master's in, in sexuality through was San Francisco State University. Yep. Yeah. So my background is is sex ed, right? But I kind of come from corporate. <laughs> I come from a space where I'm educating these top-of-the-line designers, CEO, most of the time men. Um, So it's very sex ed, keep it real, but it's very politically correct at the same time. Like, I have to watch their reactions because I can tell when they're really uncomfortable. If they get really pink on me, I have to tone it down. Are there there any words specifically that do it, like lubricant or like... Anything other than vagina, I think even vagina sometimes. Okay. So, <laughs> pussy, not okay. Though, red, all red. <laughs> but it's kind of, um, it's kind of liberating. So I have worked with companies that are designing the toys, but at the same time, I, I want to work with the women. So now that I'm kind of more in the forefront, it's, it's a little liberating. I'm like, oh, he said a curse word. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you totally. You can say any curse words here on stage, any of them. Well, except for the offensive ones. Gotcha. <laughs> like you know the ones that like aren't allowed because somebody will get sad. Those. Okay. Got it. Okay. Right. <laughs> You're all here. I'm like I don't know. <laughs> I didn't even check, and I I think I've said fuck like five times. Oh no, that's fine. Okay. F is good, N is bad. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Okay, um, so, Joshua, are you comfortable talking about, because you're, you're a gay man, or is that how you orient? Yes, I'm gay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I haven't really had to say it for a long time. It's... You know? <laughs> but no, I'm glad you checked. I... <laughs> It's San Francisco. You've, I have you no know. idea. You oh, I've met straight drag queens. They yes. exist, yeah. So are you comfortable delving into the world of the, the female down there's? I am. Yeah, Not that's pretty cool. actually doing it, but talking about it. <laughs> Sure. Awesome. I'm cool. not one of the. I don't buy it when gay guys are, yeah, vaginas are disgusting. I've never been one of those. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't buy that. So um, I'm, I'm more fascinated than anything, you know? Cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm fascinated too. That's, that's why I wanted to convene here to talk about this. Because um, to me, no one asks about multiple orgasms to me. They don't all. ask you? It's all make them squirt, make them squirt, make them oh, squirt, squirt, yeah. squirt, squirt, squirt. Yeah, yeah. You know, or like, put it in your butt, put 
what? Or like tantra, like mental <laughs> orgasm. Like, and yet, the thing that I heard about so much growing up when I'd read all the books, there was this obsession in the 90s with multiple orgasms. And I feel like people feel, maybe think that they know what they know about it and moved on. Like, like maybe I did, or like I just tried and gave up and then just, you know, went somewhere else, kinkier. Um, but I don't understand a few things. So can I ask you stuff? Yes, ask me. All right. Can anyone have one? Multiple orgasms. Good question. Okay, if you can have an orgasm, then yes, you can have multiple orgasms. You know okay. how... They say anyone can have an orgasm. Technically, you know, I can get really medical on you, but I won't. Um, not no. 100% of women can have orgasms, but I would say the majority can. And you can train yourself to have one if you haven't had one before, usually. So, if you've had one, if you've had one, yes, you can have multiple orgasms. Okay. So, if someone is um, struggling and can't get to having an orgasm, they shouldn't feel bad that they haven't had multiples. Like, get one first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you know, for women that, that have never had an orgasm, most of the time, if you ask them, do you masturbate, the answer is no. So usually, my first point one is, let's get you to masturbate. And we do this thing called a mirror test. Are you guys... The mirror test? Okay. <laughs> one! <laughs> And it was a guy. <laughs> but I saw you. That's okay. You can help her do the mirror test. What it is, is basically learning how to masturbate and looking at your genitals. That's like 101. Oh, I thought you meant like, like mirroring or, you know, where you're copying someone else. No, just knowing where you're touching, how you like to touch it, for how long you like to touch it, and really just learning to be a masturbating pro, that'll help you a lot with starting to get orgasms, if you haven't. Masturbation pro. Yes. And so, if I can stand the sight of my own genitals and look at them and masturbate, then I'm a pro? <laughs> Do you come when you masturbate? Can you? Probably not looking in a mirror. How about you? Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling it's different for men and women. Probably. Well, just based on this talk, um, it's a little different. I actually, this might be a really dumb question, but I was wondering if you could define how you guys are talking about multiple orgasms, and I'm kind of like, oh, I wish, especially for women, because I guess for a man, I'm, I, I understand it better. It'd be like coming more than once, you know, um, in succession or secession. What's the word? Secession. Succession. I sound so stupid. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, what you need do, a how do you define it? Let's go yeah, back. Let's, let's define our terms because okay. there's the there's the up and the down, and then, then there's the ah, yes. and then there's over here and then over there and then over there. Different wave patterns. <laughs> so multiple orgasms, the literal definition, there's two. One is literally having one orgasm and then another and another back to back. And for women, usually we just need a few seconds in between or having multiple kinds of orgasms. So nowadays, I talked to you about this a little bit, but there's a lot of spots. There's a ton of ways that women can get Ugh. off, right? That's a whole nother talk. <laughs> Hang on. But there's three main ways that women usually orgasm. So if you're doing a combo, then you're having multiple orgasms. So either combo or back to back. 
Too f- maybe a lot for one. <laughs> yes. The technology and knowledge around the anatomy, it's like every six months, like, there's a different piece of knowledge that like, it's like eggs are good for you, eggs are bad for you, eggs are good for you, but it's about genitals, so you're like, ah, G-spot's this, G-spot's that. Um, so here's a question. What is an official multiple orgasm? <laughs> like, More than because one? Is, okay, because when I, okay, when I was doing a lot of the research before I was like, my body doesn't do that, because I mean, I'm busy. <laughs> and I get really tired after the first one. And I'm great. And I totally encourage other people to do it, but I know that some people um, just keep doing the same thing and they have multiple orgasms, where other people are like, I did it outside, now do the crazy thing inside. Ah, multiple orgasms. <laughs> but then I don't think that is as officially multiple orgasms as the other one, according to people who like to write books. Yeah. <laughs> there are some really good books on this. Um, the multi-orgasmic woman. We talked about it a little. Now they have a man and a couple version. But you know the traditional graph of orgasms? Are you guys familiar with it? No. Yes. Some? Okay. So just getting back to some basics. An orgasm is involuntary contractions of a lot of muscles. <laughs> she did a great job. Okay. You see how you came all the way down, though? Okay, so when we get aroused, desire, arousal going up, then we plateau and actually have that climax and come back down, refractory period. Multiple orgasms teach, when you're trying to learn how to do them, you don't want to come all the way down, or you want to learn how to channel energy differently so that you don't have just one, so that you don't have a big one where you're done and you're going to sleep, so that you can keep going. Most women that I've talked to that are really good at multiple orgasms, they have them almost all the time. They have them daily. Yeah. And it's, it's more of a, you have one and it's a warm up, right? And then you can have a different kind and that's a good one. And then maybe you can have a third one and it's the strongest one and you might ejaculate. So it's kind of a ramping up. (laughs) I wish I could draw this so much. Better than X-Tube. Better than... Because you see things and you're like, what is that? You know, I don't get it. And I know men men can do it too. Men can do it too. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Joshua? Have you had some of that multiple orgasm action? Not for a while. But but I think so, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. How'd you know? Uh, Because it was sort of like, you know, I came and then... (laughs) Very shortly after that, I was able to come again. That's, I guess, how I would just... I mean, I don't know how you define it for men, but... Well, that's one way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you said was come, good. you ejaculated, and then... Yes, I had an orgasm, ejaculated, and then kept going. And it, it happened again. You were still hard. So, for men, it's interesting. I'm not as an expert on men, but I will tell you, the craziest part that I learn with multiple orgasms for men is... A lot of Taoist teaching behind this, but they tell you to separate the idea of having an orgasm with ejaculating. So if you're able to have an orgasm but not ejaculate, then you can hold it and have multiple orgasms, and then your last one you ejaculate. I heard yups. <laughs> How many... Uh... 
people have witnessed or experienced a, a male-bodied multiple orgasm? Oh, you like all these tentative hands? The women are raising their hands. Oh, a man? Think? Okay. Oh, I love you, San Francisco. <laughs> love you so much. No, I've witnessed it. It's really cool. Did you take pictures? I didn't take pictures, except with my mind. It's the safest place to put them. I know, seriously. It's more like video, because then you're like, oh my god, it's totally fucking... Because you can see the actual orgasmic contractions. Uh, this is a penis. <laughs> um, and, and it's... It's cool because even the guy who's having it sometimes doesn't realize they're having uh, an orgasmic experience without ejaculation. Um, and so sometimes you tell them and sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's just a secret. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's pretty But I do want to point out, I mean, we can go through a lot of details on this right now, but orgasm doesn't have to be, you know, our ultimate thing in order to say that that was a great, great night or great, great experience. Because a lot of times... Um, there's this pressure, which is behind a lot of the performance anxiety for both, oh, usually for men. Um, but knowing that there's a ton of pleasure and you can stimulate a lot of zones or might ejaculate, there's a lot you can do and be sexually satisfied and not have an orgasm. But yes, multiple orgasms are another kind of high. Rebecca, this isn't Uh-oh. the be cool with your own body show. This is... <laughs> This is the let's figure out how to make ourselves come a lot show. <laughs> yeah, no, is that like, why you guys are here? Do you guys want to learn how if you... Yeah? <laughs> See, corporate. Okay. I kind of want to lead everyone in Kegel exercises right now. But yeah, I, what are, I mean, to me, my understanding is that Kegels... Mm-hmm. And, uh, kegels. Yes. How many women here do Kegels? Okay, I'm counting like six hands. Seven, maybe eight? Okay. So before I tell you, we can do it. We can all do it. Kegels are good for men and women. But before we do that, the biggest problem with kegels, I'll tell you, is women remembering to do them. It's not, they're not hard to do. There's actually apps out now. Have you seen them? Yes. You got, you're like mouthing things. Would one of you like to run up and just tell us what you're mouthing at me right now? Because I feel like you know something that we don't that you should tell us. About. <laughs> What's the name of there's, the app? There's a sex toy that you can actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, keg, the, the Kegel. Oh my god, the Minna. It's made by Minna. But yeah, there's a new, new one. Oh, you know. You're like, yeah, yeah, that one. Has anyone actually put the Minna in their body and done Kegels yet? I don't know. Is it on the market? I'm not sure. It's going to be. <laughs> Okay, well, they will be sending me one when that happens, and I will be playing all the video games with it. It's next to your phone. Anyway, sorry, but we, we totally... All right, apps. Yes, you guys were just really excited over in the corner. Okay, cool. Okay, so they're good for you. Let's do them together, but let me tell you why. So there's probably six or seven main muscles in your pelvic floor, women um, and men, that you want to be able to strengthen. If you strengthen them, it does a lot tones internal vaginal walls, but it also is good for multiple orgasms. So um, a lot of women also say that it's helpful after you have a baby, getting everything back to its normal place. So Kegels, there's kind of like three levels, and you can get a ton of books on this. It's actually fairly new. It's kind of trending a little bit right now, but... What? Kegels. Oh, well, I thought you there was a thing. Okay. (laughs) Trending. Um, 
Hashtag. It's, it's kind of new. It's sort of new-ish. Not new, but new-ish. So basically, there's like three levels to it. Basic is just understanding how to, doing, how to do them and doing them three times a day, daily. A couple seconds. <laughs> Second level is actually having more fun with it and doing it for longer periods of time. Third level is actually using Kegel balls or Benoit balls. And you can use them for a few seconds or you can use them all day. It's kind of whatever you like. I'm going to uh, interject here. Number one, I think we have a fairly advanced crowd here. So I want us to do like the most advanced possible Kegel exercise you could possibly throw at us. And two, a long time, I've never done this and I, it's like on my bucket list to do. But I heard that... If you could, and of course you'd want to put a condom on this to like make it all sanitary, what else? If you could, with a vagina, go down on a roll of quarters and pick it up, <laughs> Ooh. then you're a superhero. You just reminded me. I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> I love how you're in the middle, by the way. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, what the hell am I doing here? That's why. <laughs> But, you know, I am learning a lot. You can do it, too. I mean, hey, you know, I, 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 that sounds like an act I would put in my show, no, for can. sure. The um, uh, people with penises actually have an advantage because then you can... I love it because, do you know about the towel exercise thing? What's the when, towel when exercise? If you're erect, right, you can start off with a little, like, you know, washcloth and just drape it over your penis as a little bit of a weight, and then you can make it wet, and then you can have a larger towel, and then if you can, like, do it with a wet beach towel, you're also a superhero! <laughs> Is it you just want to lift, every time your penis needs to lift, just lift it, the beach towel just a little bit? It's fascinating! I love his face. Yeah, that's a totally new kind of working out. It's really good for you. It's good for everybody. It's good for before internet dates and stuff. For, for women, I'll tell you one way that you can do this actually at home that's kind of fun. Aside from just what we can do all together in a group. If you actually take two fingers and you insert them vaginally and just contract, you'll feel your muscles. You'll, you'll get used to what that feels like, both from your vaginas and in your fingers. But then if you do a peace sign and you try to contract and make them come back together, then you know you're doing them right. Because sometimes women ask me, how do I know if I'm doing them right? If there's pain, then you're not doing them right. But for the most part, any kind of toning, any kind of holding on is going to work. It's going to tone. Oh, man. Peace sign. That's exciting. I actually... <laughs> really, because it's... Uh, people I'll always read the thing like, yeah, put a finger in, squeeze it. You feel a squeeze? Good job, buddy. Put two fingers in. Do you feel squeeze? You're great. Um, but it's like, well, how much squeeze? You know, but the fact that you're like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> you know, like, that's what I'm saying. Um, I actually had, now here's it, because you're so, I'm kind of on the, I'm a, a dabbler. That's like my sex ed. I'm like all over the place, neat little bits. And I love that you're like so focused on, on, on the female body bits. I was about to say lady bits, but I know that offends you. No, uh, no, no. <laughs> it's just a new word. Remember, I'm so used to like this language of like saying things a certain way. I'm like, oh, she said a different word. That's no, what happened I, in the green I mean, room. Female body. Yeah. Totally. Eh, I'm casual. <laughs> um, but uh, I had a question because a woman who, uh, she's a heavier woman on her partner uh, on top 
when she is writing him, he pops out. And I was, and we were emailing back and forth a little bit, and I was trying to figure it out. But her partner thinks that she just needs to work on her kegels. And I was like, hold up, boyfriend. <laughs> because I don't know if that's actually accurate. Um, but do you know anything about whether that might Popping be... Popping out? Huh? Popping out? Popping out. Kegels could help, but do we know how um, his size? <laughs> right, that's what I was wondering. Is okay. Maybe he's just not that girthy. I mean, not girthy, lengthy. Well, it, if it's a combo where she's not very toned and he's not very large, that could happen a lot. Especially if it's very wet. Okay, wet, small, weak. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All all the words you don't want in the bedroom. Uh, Oh, I have a question from the audience. Wait, come here. Come to this microphone I'm holding. Hey, everyone, it's Allison Moon, uh, author of the Girl Sex 101 book. Sorry. There's another option. There's another option to, to this, and I'd be curious to know if she squirts. Because if she bears down and pushes out when she's aroused, which happens with a lot of women, she could actually be pushing him out of her, which happens all the time. And, the, and that actually would not be weakness. That would be strength. She, if she, her vaginal muscles are strong enough that they can both pull up and push down, you can push down so hard you push somebody out. Great point. <laughs> uh, they're one of my favorite people. Anyway. Hi. Um, uh, she, it, they are a little weak. We talked about the finger things. Um, but yeah, that's one of my favorite reasons people pop out. I actually, when I talk to college people, a lot of females will be like, oh, I totally always push my boyfriend out. Like, and it's like, wow, there's a lot of real tight badge going on in this college. That's actually, it, it, you're, you are so on it. That could totally be it. And it's just a matter of letting him get out of the way so she can squirt, actually. Ooh, get out of here. I need a squirt. <laughs> it's almost like you're, you're fighting a natural response, I guess, if you, if you know you want to ejaculate, but you're not. So... That's another topic, huh? Oh, my God, female ejaculation. We talked about it. I have a whole episode on that. Uh, but I feel like we need to talk about it again. It's not a science. So... Are you going to teach us how to... Have ejaculate. Uh, <laughs> obsessed with ejaculation, apparently. Uh, multiple orgasms. Okay. Talk us through it. I'm in bed. I'm about to come. What do I do? Uh, uh, okay, I have to start way before that, though. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So the okay. So which one do you want to go through first? Do you want to go through multiple locations, or do you want to go through back to back? Which one does the audience want to know more? Oh, God, it's a mix. Okay, let's do back-to-back. If you're passionate about it, scream it out. Back-to-back. Okay, so back-to-back. Okay, so this is going to be... Okay, so I'm going to assume that you've already had an orgasm. You know how, and you can. Having multiple orgasms is actually not that hard as long as you are turned on. So the foreplay, the arousal, all that great before stuff needs to be sufficient. A lot of it. Sufficient. Yes. Mmm, sufficient. (laughs) But you know what? (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, it also depends on the time of the month, I will say. So because we go through this whole hormonal change, menstrual cycle, greatness, not ill. Um, during certain, oh yay. During certain times of the months, you're going to be more prone to be able, being able to do this. So my tip is during ovulation, which you know you're ovulating. Uh, well, do you guys keep track of your cycles? Do women keep track? Okay, good. I'm seeing yeses. When you're ovulating, which is about a week to two weeks before you actually menstruate, you're going to be the horniest. And this is when it's going to actually be easier to do it. But if you're turned on, you can try to do it anytime. So the whole idea behind it is you need to have enough energy. So you need to be very present. You need to make sure there's not going to be anything that's going to ruin the mood or kill the mood. So whether that means um, really making sure that you have organized your room the way that you want. And this, this is making me think of vacations because when couples go on vacations, they're on a totally different mindset. So if you can make your room or your space sexy and somewhere where you actually want to be with your partner having sex, or change even a little thing. Take off the family pictures I've even heard. Just make it a space where you are excited to be in for a minute because it's going to be a while. And once you go through this whole turned on process, which it's either by yourself or it's with the partner, you can do this either way. When you are um, plateauing, so after you're really excited and you feel like you're about to come, you're going to feel that tightness that starts to come on right before the, the orgasm. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's like you're, you're, you're going to feel your uterus and your PC muscles starting to lift a little bit. When you feel that, you can hold it. And if you hold it and you're not hypersensitive, so hypersensitive means, oh my gosh, it's too much, I have to stop. Touching is too much. But if you can hold it for a few seconds, you can actually do it immediately after. I would say five to 30 seconds after, you can do it again. You can also wait a little bit. So say you come, okay. you can wait a few seconds, but don't, don't go to sleep. Like, don't, don't, you know how you went like this? Don't do that. Stay up, meaning once you have your orgasm, just be in the mindset, I'm going to do it again. And if you actually lift, this is where kegels come into place. If you're aroused, say it's been five to 10 seconds and you tighten your muscles, you'll start to feel it come back on. It's like on the verge all the time. So if you can hold it like an intense PC muscle contraction. Okay. I'm just Ah. so it's orgasm. And then squeeze your muscles. But if you need a break, it's okay. Because multiple orgasms, you can wait up to 30 seconds and still go back to back. Up to 30 seconds. It feels exciting. Like a long time. I'm, I'm enjoying your numbers that you're giving us. <laughs> I know. People ask for stats and for data. Okay, if we design a toy that's going to get women off multiple times. Honestly, I feel like this is exactly the, the stuff for multiple orgasms for men. Like, that's exactly what I was reading about, is that after developing your PC, your, your pelvic floor, all those muscles, if you can clench around uh, your pelvic floor, the muscles around your prostate also clench. Like, everything is sort of like, don't ejaculate, and they let you have your orgasm without actually uh, coming. Coming without coming. Sounds right to me. <laughs> oh. oh, no. You turn it off. I swear to God, it is, this this institution wants to silence me. 
I don't know. Check, check. Whoa. I was just going to say, like, that sounds correct. Makes me want to try it. I never... I'm definitely one of those people who, like, you know, has the fast descent, you know? I'm, like, snoring, you know, afterwards. Can can you give me just, like, the sounds of coming and then going to bed? (laughs) You know, I cannot. Because the thing is, is as a performer, like... It would just be absurd. You know, like I could only do it, you know, in a campy way. But I, I don't think I'm that loud. I don't know. But I, I've, I, what you're saying and what you're saying makes sense to me because uh, if, if there's a dick in your ass, mm-hmm. I think it's a lot easier to actually come more than once. Mm-hmm. Um, giggling. <laughs> Remember, I'm the gay. Dicks and ass. Speaking, speaking of dicks in your ass. <laughs> no, I, I'm curious about that, actually, because I'm familiar with the idea of uh, that your penis tends to stay or stay soft when, there's, when it's more your prostate and ass being stimulated. Uh, have you found that's true for your body? Not for me. No? Oh, okay. So, are, so then when you're having that multiple... Uh, being able to come multiple times from that experience, is there also penile stimulation? Not always. Okay. There can or can't be. Like, I mean, I've been with people and experienced it where there's enough um, stimulation just from the prostate that, that would actually, you know, cause you, if it's, if it's being done right and, and you're warmed up the right way, um, you could come just from, from that, you know. Um, but it has to be super amazing. <laughs> Actually, is David still here? He's probably not going to stand up because we talked about it on the way over and he's a, a pretty big employee here at the Academy of Sciences. And I won't say your last name. How's that? But um, he is an expert on this. So it's unfortunate... As far as the dicks and ass part, it's unfortunate that he, he probably feels awkward because this is where he works, you know? But we were talking about it on the way over, and for, uh, for us, we were saying, like, it really can be so animalistic, like, especially if you're with someone for the first time, and, you know, it's a, it, it's a trick, and you know it's maybe just going to be for one night, and, like... In that moment, you are so hot and turned on by them, that's when this sort of thing seems to like happen the easiest. I actually think it, it's harder when you're in long-term relationships and things to kind of keep that sort of excitement, you know, really... Um, the lustiness? The lustiness, yeah. Yeah, yeah. low inhibitions, if it's a one-night or one-time type of experience, definitely different type. Yeah. But you can do that in long-term relationships. What, uh, take all the family photos off the wall and <laughs> pretend you're on vacation? Vacations. You know, couples who uh, go on vacation once a year have the best sex lives compared to couples that don't vacation because of this, because of being able to have that lustiness. Interesting. Well, I totally relate to that. I mean, that's been the case for my partner and I. We take a lot of vacations. <laughs> Go on vacation. And it can be, you know, weekend getaway even. It doesn't have to be this lavish, expensive thing. But hey, if you can, even that 
Any any getaway type. Huh. Of- What's well, excitement? And I think it's just changing your routine. I think when you're in a routine and you're, you know, you, you you're you're supporting each other in other ways, right? But when you you can take that break from your routine, that that there's excitement there, and it can be sexy. Interesting. There, um, there was a whole study that was released recently. I talked about on the Young Turks about um, you know what, what the most common fantasies were. In the top five, there was like group sex, receiving oral, giving oral, um, and one of them was a specific location. Like that was a fantasy to be somewhere. And I, I did not relate to that even a little bit. Oh, another microphone. Um, hey, podcast listener. Sorry about that. Um, and so it's just it's interesting to talk. Like for me, vacation sex is like not even interesting a little bit. It's not interesting? It's not. It's just a different room. Ah. But you know what's interesting? Like, but the minute like it's a slight bit of role play, it's like on. Like, role so play that's- during vacation for you. Role play during vacation. Ooh, we should do a themed hotel room. Like space theme. Oh, that's exciting. Um, go to the Madonna Inn, all those caveman rooms. Um, I have oh a my... question. Oh, hello. Can you, um, for Joshua, do you, can you orgasm without coming, without ejaculating? Is that too personal? Can I ask him? No, you can totally ask me. I've been asked, I mean, when you're best known for dressing as a woman and name, being named after Jesus, you've been asked okay. way worse than that. <laughs> You've been turned, told to burn in hell, you know. So this is a walk in the park. <laughs> I think that I have accepted it as this sort of robotic thing and actually um, seen and heard from, um, you know, partners over the years um, that they could do that, but it has not been my experience. But I ha- also haven't, I've been so kind of, pleased with the way it's all working out just status quo that I haven't actually tried it you know in fairness okay does that make sense yep like it hasn't happened by accident where I've had an orgasm that I'm aware of and haven't ejaculated it's usually a a, like a a mindset though so I keep going back to this Taoist thing but it's all about when you're doing like training for this when you're trying to learn how to do it it's about energy and it's about oh my god I just remembered something (laughs) (laughs) It's not really true. What? I one time, this is so <laughs> stupid. I don't even know if David knows the story. <laughs> I one time was with this like daddy. Um, this was when I was younger and he was older and super hot. And he said, would I like a prostate massage? And I said, I've never had a prostate massage and he was like, oh, you, sh- you know, should try it. I'm an expert. You know, I know how to do it. And that happened you during that. Gotcha. So that actually did happen during that one. And I've always kind of thought, like, I should get another prostate massage. <laughs> but, you know, like, you kind of don't order it, you know, at the Kabuki Hot Springs or whatever, you know. It's like, where do I find that, you know? I'm sure there are people who know, you know. But anyways, that, that, I do think I experienced that um, orgasm without ejaculating. So. And it was good. It was amazing. It was amazing. I highly recommend the prostate massage. That is so cool. Um, one of the tips in the multi-orgasmic man that I was reading earlier is to, when you masturbate and, and are practicing your exercises and, and you're squeezing, uh, one of the things... 
I was going to say that you touch everything, not just your penis, but touch your balls, touch your perineum, touch, just touch everywhere so that you're, you're lighting up. You can even touch your whole body so that you know what it's like. Like everyone, like, uh, tap one arm, like all over your arm. Really smack it. Give it some love. Now stop. Feel how that arm is tingling while the other one isn't. No, really. That was one of the tips it said is, is smack your whole body and like make it alive with energy. Energy! Um, but what made me laugh really hard is that when you're squeezing your PC muscle to also uh, celebrate the muscles that are circular all over your body, so or in your eyes and your mouth actually has a sphincter. So to <laughs> squeeze everything. That was a great face. I know, it's just, just so... so it, do it with me, everyone. Come, come on a little ride with your pickles and just uh, close, squinch your uh, eyes shut and squinch your mouth together and s- squeeze your genitals. <laughs> oh, you know what they also say with that? It's, it's also like a mind thing. Like if I say, think about your left pinky, you kind of feel the blood flow there. You can actually start to picture it. So if you're doing a combo of touching everything, touching a certain area, all over the area, and you're thinking about it, there's actually, you can train yourself to have an orgasm with any erotic area. Like people who are paralyzed, for example, they're, they can train their body to have orgasms with other areas of their body. It's not just genital, for example. Uh, I want to get to uh, questions or comments if anyone has something they'd like to share. However, I wanted to just let you have a space to share with us, since a few people really did want to know how to have multiple orgasms from uh, playing with different spots on their body. And I know I made that total judgy noise earlier, and it's because people sometimes get obsessed with the spots. Like, if I play with the AE spot for at least five minutes, I should have a mind-blowing orgasm, otherwise I'm broken. Uh, And the brokenness is what really bums me out. I'm like, dude, it's just fun areas. It's just like a little geo, it's a map. Just a little like view map. Yeah. There's so many spots. Have you guys heard of all the new spots coming out? It's not really. It, people are just identifying new things that are being turn turn ons, turn on spots. So we know most of the right C spot, the clitoris, G spot. I can't believe they call it the C spot now. It's the. Cl- <laughs> like, we really need to. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's see. N spot, nipples. Um, a spot. <laughs> A spot or AFE spot, anterior fornix. Yeah. So it's just really deep. Some women can have orgasms when you're really deep by the cervix. What other spots? U spot. You guys heard of the U spot? Urethra. So there's actually a couple of nerve endings uh, half an inch in, near, inside the urethra where if you stimulate them from the vagina, kind of like trying to this way kind of like the g-spot but before the g-spot um that could be really really pleasurable for women too oh i have a (laughs) if you're gonna talk about the stuff i'm gonna pull out my puppet okay the only thing is i love these a lot i'm so happy you have one the only problem is you can't see if i put my finger inside you won't be able to see where my finger's going but yeah now you you go in a tiny bit you can hit the u-spot if I put my finger in more, then you can hit the G spot. And if I put in a toy or something longer, then you can get to the A spot. But yeah, so many spots. So basically, you know what? Whatever turns you on, whatever area turns you on, you can make it your spot. And you can come off of anything that's very, very pleasurable to you. Just 
you have to explore. You have to touch. You have to have your partner touch. You have to kind of just go with it. Figure it out. But yeah, there's a lot of new um, official spots that you guys can read about now. Does it count if you use a vibrator? <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I have opinions, but I just, you're like, body feminina. I know, I know lady stuff. I'm like, tell me things. Health lady. <laughs> Woman, person, full female body person. Do you, usually though with vibrators, internally it doesn't feel that good. Usually women are only sensitive to vibrators or toys the bottom third of their vagina and outside. So inside the vibration, intense vibration might not feel that good for you and that's okay. That's, that's the norm, I would say. If it does, it does, but usually it doesn't feel that good. Huh. Hmm. Does it? Fine. Okay. Uh, hi, everyone. Hi. <laughs> hi. Hey, Alice Moon, come here. I want you on stage for this because people might ask a lot of questions and you might know stuff too. Um, but I want to open it up. No, 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 just sit here. I'll just stand like a person that has a show. Uh, eh. Hi, everybody. Oh, I really like standing. We should do this more often. There's so much. Okay. Hi. Um, would anyone like to ask a question right now? A statement or share an experience? Come on up. <laughs> Firsties. Hi. Okay, so here's my question. Um, compared to actual intercourse, compared to massaging the C-spot, um, where do you find most females um, actually having multiple or- orgasms? Like what location? Like how? Like compared to, you know, with sex and actual intercourse. Like penetration. Penetration. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And just massaging the clitoris. My experience is that it's usually combos. So it's usually, if you, this is the most typical pattern that I know about. Usually if you have a clitoral, clitoral orgasm, you warmed up the area, you have the blood flow. From there, it's very easy to have other kinds of internal orgasm. So you can have like a G-spot orgasm way more easily if you've already been aroused and already had a C-spot orgasm or clitoral orgasm. So I would say you can do it multiple times with the same spot over and over. Like I've had women that have had eight orgasms back to back doing clitoral, only clitoral. I can too. And Or you can do combinations, whatever feels good. I would say just go with it because most of the time, if you are relaxed, um, you can do almost any kind. It's just a matter of training yourself to do it. Thank you. Welcome. And sorry, can I add something too? I think, and this is kind of a one-on-one thing, and probably a lot of you guys know this already, but very few, well, what is it, the recent statistic, 30% of women can have orgasm through penetration alone. So, like, if we're actually talking about having your first orgasm or having a sort of guaranteed orgasm, clitoris. The clitoris. Just focus on the clitoris, guys. Um, the idea of, like, that women should have a certain kind of orgasm is a very, I'm going to be so San Francisco, very patriarchal idea that a woman can't come unless a penis is inside of her, right? So, like, let's focus on what, what makes you or any woman feel good. But generally speaking, if you want to have that first one or if you want to try and have multiple, focusing on the clitoris is probably your go-to first. Awesome. So. Thank you. <laughs> I just started a little bit of slow clap. That was cool. Anyone else? A lot of you raised your hand around seeing uh, male multiple orgasms. I would love if someone wanted to share with me what their observation or experience has been. Anyone? 
giggling. Who wants to brag? Oh, you can... Come here, you naughty monkey. I appreciate that. Hi. Hello. Nice so, the, <laughs> this is a multiple orgasm failure story. So the very first, <laughs> so the very first time that I masturbated, I ejaculated. It was wonderful. So I waited about 20 minutes. I did it again. Immediately afterwards, I just kept going, and I peed like so much pee. <laughs> did I do something wrong, or was? You're sure was, it was pee? It was, it was pee. Yeah. It got, over, it got all over me. And it's, I was in my room by the computer. Were you still I mean, erect when that happened? Pardon? Were you still erect when that happened? Or had I was you... still very erect, yes. Wow, that's not usually... That doesn't usually happen. The valve actually switches. And so you shouldn't actually be able to empty your bladder with an erection. That's interesting. That's what I was saying. Are you sure it was pee? Because you know what? Sometimes it could just be a different color or consistency. And you might think that it's pee. Same... It smelled like pee. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Let's be honest. I tasted it. It was pee. Let's be honest. I, I, honor, I honor you. Uh, the only thing that I can think of is just like you were just super buff in the Kegel area and you just pushed through. I mean, that just seems like... I'm, I'm impressed if you were erect and were able to do that. Like, like slow clap a little bit. Because you had an erection, so did it, like... Yeah. Was it, like, a fountain of pee? Or did yeah. It like... No, it was a fountain. It was definitely a fountain. Fascinating. As I'm telling this story, I'm remembering that I tried it again, like, about a half hour later, but in the shower, because I was afraid I was going to pee. And I peed again. It happened twice. Fascinating. Yeah, no one... All right. scientific anomaly. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, uh, it probably was pee if you had a little bit of an arch, right? Doesn't tend to happen, but it happens. That is so interesting. Hi. Hey, I was just curious about um, letter spots on ma- males, on men, and if you have any special spots or uh, if there's an anatomically uh, that we know about, like common ones for different internal areas or... There's definitely common ones. The prostate is usually the favorite, and we heard a great story. Um, but in turn, well, we, we can't... Anal, yes, but I don't know of any spots other than those two. So, I mean, you can do erogenous touching, which a lot of men find rimming kind of pleasurable, but I focus a lot on the women. I know all the women's thoughts. Uh, I just, I mean, this isn't really necessarily like a, like in, on female bodies, it's like, touch this a couple times and she's going to come. Like, I don't have... Perineum? There's a lot of, I mean, perineum, there's a lot of really neat spots. Like when I t- teach, because I feel like the blowjob classes are kind of the thing that I'm, I do the most. Like, I just am all, yeah, it's too much. Too much? No, it's not. What am I saying? Um, but at the base of the penis, if you squeeze and push down into the body, um, like I have a friend who masturbates like that. We talked about it. And then other men do that. There's something about that that is amazing for them. But then it's almost like the G-spot as, as possibly uh, the back part of the clit um, where they might be stimulating the prostate in that area. But still, it's really cool because you don't think about that area being erogenous. But so is. But yeah, the perineum's great. I just read about the million-dollar spot. Which I love the name of that. Which is uh, a spot that I've talked about before on the episode uh, on my show, but it's just in front of the anus. 
So it's after the penile bulb, all that erectile tissue, it's hard, like you feel the, that meadow behind the balls. That's all that space in there. It's all hard until you get right before the anus. The million dollar spot, they, t- they call it that because if you press up and pulsate it, it kind of mimics the f- sensation of your prostate and the muscles around there uh, fluctuating. And also if you press, you could help uh, possibly keep yourself from coming. So it's, there's a lot of things. Oh, and if you, and if you press not so firm, it can also encourage more blood flow into the penis. So there are three different things that can happen with that soft... Yes. According to the multi-orgasmic man. Huh? Does that spot have a name? The million dollar spot. <laughs> um, also, to ca- go back to what Rebecca was saying earlier about learning how to separate ejaculation from orgasm in, in people with penises, that million dollar spot is where you want to p- apply pressure to kind of create kind of a kink in the hose a little bit. Um, and the Taoist principles, I think the sec- Taoist sexuality practices, they tell you to, when you're about to come, to apply pr- gentle but firm pressure to the million-dollar spot because it can, I, I, can either pinch the, the, the urethra in that way where we'll keep the, the ejaculate from coming out or at least we'll stimulate the sensation so that you, that you can actually have the, the clenching of the orgasm that's very exciting without the fluid actually moving through your cock, which can help you get into that mind space of learning the difference between those feelings. Pink. I just want to double check. You're not talking about... You're talking about actually right before the butt, right? We're not, we're not talking about the spot at the base. Oh, okay. I, I don't know if it actually... I don't know if you can actually get to put, apply enough pressure where it actually would kink the hose. But I do think that the... I'm sorry, that's a really weird metaphor for some people. Um, but I do think that it actually does help that, again, that feeling of those muscle contractions. It helps you kind of notice where that happens. Um, and if you apply that pressure right before you come, you can notice when that, where that feeling's originating from and locate it with your mind and then be able to separate it. And wouldn't similarly um, a cock ring help with some of this? Because, you know, I've seen where guys, cock ring, that seems like it's too tight, but it's actually that pressure, I think, that they're, they're uh, going for. In the, um, in the male version, the multi-orgasmic band, they talk about technique tips for men and they do talk about putting pressure at the base of the penis and kind of pulling down the scrotum area um, and saying pause a couple of thrusts before you feel you're going to ejaculate. So if you need to take a breather, um, they said 45 seconds. Time for you. Nice. I'm just realizing that you may know about something that I've been wondering about which totally just blew my mind and I hope you know about it which is I you take your testicles and like put them into your body, mm-hmm. right? And there's a canal, right? Do you know about this? Mm-hmm. The inguinal canal. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I don't travel much. But <laughs> <laughs> I just, how do you find it? Because I mean, I'm, I, I, I have dated enough uh, male-bodied people to, to have poked around in there a little bit, and I, I just haven't. Yeah, it's like the scuba diving under the castle to get somewhere, you know, secretly. Like, it's like, what is happening in there? How do you find it? It's just there. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think... I, I, most of us, I think most men, and probably, you know, to describe it uh, makes it sound more elaborate than it is. You know, like if you... Even to guys, right? You're explaining tucking to a guy... And he's kind of looking at you like, well, you want me to do what with my balls? Like, 
But then when you start playing around and you're like, oh, I do this all the time. When I sit down, they go up in there. You know, like if I cross my legs, it happens. You know, like it's not that big of a, it, it's something that we, we actually use inadvertently, you know. So when you're actually tucking or you're, you're pulling it all up in there, it's not really that big a deal, you know. So They do, they retract, exactly. So obviously the, the testicle owner knows best uh, where that is. If you are not the testicle owner in this case, so the spermatic cord is the vas deferens and some other things. That's that what goes into the testicle through the inguinal canal. And the, the testicles live up inside the pelvis before puberty and then they descend through those canals. So they're a rather large hole. So if you... And again, like, finding the tubes is a delicate game of chance. So you want to be very specially delicate when you're dealing with spermatic cords because that's what tends to hurt in the ball area when things go wrong. Um, so if you're able to, and if your partner is cool with it, finding the spermatic cord, which feels like a tube, uh, you can usually trace the tube back into the pelvis, and that will guide you like your cave scuba diving, like that cord that they lay out while spelunking underwater with the little arrows on it. That's the cord you follow up inside. So that's... And, in, and to stimulate the inside, if you're actually sexually, it's called muffing. It's a fairly new, new word for stimulating inside the inguinal canal. So like finger-fucking the inguinal canal. Or whatever. Oftentimes a lot of trans women do that because it's, it emulates the feeling of a vagina if you don't have a vagina yet. Angry that I've never done this before. Like I feel like I, sh- I needed to have done this like twenty times. Like with every person I've ever been with, I should have done that. And I feel sad. Like somebody asked about the different spots on men. Why? Why is that not something that I like? They should have put that in all the books that I was reading. You know? No. Come on, that's so cool. A lot of guys like the sensation. Though. I was gonna say, I don't think I don't think I would personally try it with people. I don't think it would go over too well. So that's why you don't haven't read any books about it because all the guys are like, no. I mean, I think it's a big difference when you're putting on a costume and you and a lot of people and a lot of queens have all different forms and variations of this. I mean, a lot of it's just sort of arranging things in such a way and wearing very you know tight undergarments and strapping everything in and layering and so it, it, there's not this one standard for all drag queens. And Willem uh, Belli has a great video that teach, he took, takes a porn star. You can watch. It's on XTube because it wouldn't be able to be on YouTube. But he actually shows you how to tuck and takes the guy guy's enormous penis and shows you how to like make it disappear. You know, and he puts the balls up in there and everything. So if you want to see it, you guys can search it. You know, it's cool. I like magic tricks. You know. <laughs> Well, it's helpful for me because it's like people email me on Facebook and stuff and like are asking me how to tuck. It's like, here's a link. I'm, I don't know how to tell you to tuck. You're 16 and you're in Iowa, you know? Uh, Rebecca, Joshua, Allison, hey, thank you for coming on the show. Where can people find you in the world, Rebecca? Uh, bodyfeminina.com or social media. At, uh, and it's all fo- Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Joshua? Uh, peacheschrist.com or facebook.com slash peacheschrist. And you make horror films, right? Yeah, I do, yeah. Parodies? So. I do. I, made a, uh, I just did a show with Natasha Leone on Tuesday night. We showed her film, but I'm a cheerleader, and Natasha stars in a movie I made called All About Evil with Mink Stoll and Cassandra Peterson. And All About Evil, you can now stream it on peacheschrist.com. Cool. It's also on TV and stuff. Allison. 
you totally just hopped up in here, on here and you didn't even know. So thank you, because I know you know things. Oh, I love my sex nerd friends. Where can people find you? Uh, girlsex101.com. Girlsex101 is coming out in April as a book. Um, and on Twitter, Girlsex101 and the Allison Moon, because Allison Moon was taken. Not because I'm pretentious. Uh, cool, yes, and you've been on the show several times. Uh, I'm sex nerd Sandra. Hello, it was nice to meet you if we haven't met before. Uh, you can check out my website at sexnerdsandra.com. I'm, I'm that person everywhere, uh, even when I'm alone. Um, and please uh, write your uh, name down on the mailing list wherever it has made its way so that we can see each other again. I teach workshops and I host live podcasts. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Now leaving Nerdist.com.